All right, Buckeye fans, hear me out. I know you probably saw the title of this video, How Do the Buckeyes Fix the Run Game in 2023? And thought, what are you talking about? Fix the Run Game. It was fine. Hear me out. Let me just go through my points and, and see if you agree with me in the end. Uh, we're going to get into that. Make sure you subscribe to the Takeover Sports Network on YouTube. If you prefer to listen to this instead of watching on YouTube, you can go in the description and see the links to Spotify and Apple Podcasts are available on both of those platforms. So if you prefer to listen on your favorite podcasting platform, we've got you covered there. Uh, but let's get into this. So the Buckeyes, in my opinion, their run game struggled in 2022, to put it simply. Uh, with a veteran returning offensive line, um, you know, with a stable of running backs, with the pieces around them, uh, at quarterback, receiver, the hopes were high for their offense 2022, which they lived up to to some extent, but the hopes were really high for their run game specifically in 2022. You might be thinking, fix the run game. What are you talking about? They were ranked, you know, 32nd in rushing offense 2022. That's not bad. Like that's 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 top 25%, Reno, give or take a couple percentage points there. Um, I think their running game needs fixed because it, you know, fixed, so to speak. I use that term loosely because it will enhance every other aspect of their offense and of their team. Hear me out. So when we look at 2022, what went wrong? Well, one of the major ones was injuries. Arguably the major one, biggest one was, was injuries. They plagued the Buckeyes at running back in terms of star power, in terms of depth, all of it. Henderson went down at various points. Mine Williams went down at multiple points. Henderson didn't finish out the season. He had a, you know, he had torn ligaments and torn tendons in his foot. He was trying to play through and heel throw. And you can argue why that was the case, why he was playing when he did. Got a lot of thoughts on that. I won't share all of those, but you know, both of them were injured at different times um, and, and missed multiple games, including big time games against Michigan, against Georgia, you know, got hurt and big and, and couldn't play in big 10 play, which Ohio State doesn't struggle to beat the, the Rutgers and everything like that. But team games like that can wear on you, right? When you're playing the middle tier of the big 10 that are not bad teams and can get in a dogfight if you let it. And so it wears on you when you don't have your, your high caliber players healthy or that full stable running backs healthy. That didn't help Ryan day figure out different tempo runs to call. It's hard to figure out what you can call, right? When you, let me rephrase it. It's easy to figure out what you can call when you know who you have, when you know what you have in, in Trayvon Anderson, who's a home run hitter, when you have Mayan Williams, who's just a bruiser running back, an absolute bruiser at running back, and Dallin Hayden, who was supposed to be a third-string running back and, and still was technically, but had to play a lot more meaningful snaps with the change of pace, right? It's easy to know what to call when you have those three options healthy and available. But when you don't, and you only have Henderson and Hayden or Williams and Hayden, right, or Hayden and Chip Trainum, right, you, you kind of look and you go, man, like, what am I supposed to do here? I don't think that helps – him call plays. I don't think it helps the O line out because the O line does kind of figure out what style and, and the timing that a running back has when they hit hit the hole in the zone or the power power gap scheme game. How they you know react to blitzes coming off the edge that they have to pick up in the zone game. How they react in pass protection. All those things that O linemen and running backs figure out together, and especially at quarterback, especially at quarterback, how it works timing with how it works just handing the ball a small simple thing of handing the ball off the timing of handing the ball off in any kind of run game concept whether it's outside zone inside zone power counter all of it how it works with picking up pass protection for the quarterback and calling different calling different calls and the running back seeing different things a lot of different chemistry that goes into it behind the scenes and i don't think people 
get or or fully understand and grasp when it comes to having a, a regular rotation of running backs. So in 2023, I think a healthy stable of running backs in those three guys are going to prove extremely beneficial. Like that. So injuries obviously plague them. I think one way you quote unquote fix the run game is with the healthy stable of running backs. And that's knock on wood. You, you pray for all those guys to be healthy and you really hope that they do so in 2023. The other major component to this is play calling and Buckeye fans. Let's all be honest with ourselves. The play calling was not always great. Sometimes it was really bad. Sometimes it was elite. Sometimes it was really bad. The play calling of outside zone and stretch plays, you know, were, were called too often, in my opinion. As wild as that sounds with how athletic the talent is on offense for the Buckeyes, we know it. Um, it was just called too often. Trying to be a run-first team when you have a first-round quarterback was really worn out after seeing that the first or second time. It got old really quickly to see that. We all kind of agree with that, Buckeye fans. Uh, to you know, do that when you have an elite pass blocking offensive line, when you have uh, stars on wide at wide receiver and Ibuka and Marvin Harrison, when you have Kate Stover who, who's a really good tight end, when you had C.J. Stroud who's arguably the best quarterback in the draft this season, it got really old to watch them try to be a run first team and not understand their strengths. And so the hope is is that changes, right? I did this in a video kind of covering the expectation of Brian Hartline. But the hope is that it changes. Whether it's Brian Hartline calling the plays or Ryan Day, the hope is that you see more games scripted and called like Georgia. Not saying be a pass-happy team because obviously the Buckeyes passed majority of the time and were a pass-heavy team in that game. I don't mean being a pass-heavy team. That's the way it works the best, and it works out like it did for Georgia every game. So be it. I don't think that's how that works or will work for the Buckeyes in 2023. But not being a passive team, but understanding your strengths, understanding that you don't always have to be, you know, a stretch toss team, stretch toss the boundary, right? That you can do with your playmakers as you please, right? You can use Mayan Williams in counter and power and set that up for, for Devin Brown or Kyle McCord to hit Marvin Harrison doing the sideline. And then boom, you got Trayvon Anderson down the sideline for a 60 yard touchdown, right? You can set things up and understand your playmakers, understand who you're playing against, their strengths, their weaknesses. I said it in another video. Ohio State and Ryan Day did an elite job of understanding what Georgia's weaknesses and strengths were on defense. Their strengths were their front seven. They were not going to run the ball on Georgia well or efficient or let alone be a run first team against Georgia, which wasn't going to happen. They understood that, and they understood that they had, Georgia defense had struggled in the back secondary against LSU, who had a dynamic passing offense. So what do they do? They exposed that. They exploited it. Let's do that for the Big Ten slate in 2023. Let's do that against Notre Dame in, in week four or five when they play them in 2023. So using that to set up the run game, right, using what they their strengths are, and it's going to be in the pass game again. It's just naturally going to happen when you have a good pass block offensive line, which I think is going to happen again. When you have Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Guga, Cade Stover, Julian Fleming, Xavier Johnson, uh, and, and others and, and company being able to be, catch balls from Devin Brown or Kyle McCord. I think that is going to help set up the run game, understanding who you are, how you can call plays, how you can call a game to your strengths and to your opponent's weakness is going to help. And Buckeye fans, let's be honest. It wouldn't hurt to have a running quarterback. What have we seen from Ohio state successful offensive, successful Ohio state offensive teams? 
And when I say successful, obviously they're successful in 2022. They're successful in, you know, a year like 2018 with, with Dwayne Haskins. But I mean the elite of the elite, the Justin Fields 2019-2020 kind of offenses, the, you know, Braxton Miller days, right, so to speak. JT Barrett days kind of, but it was just a different style of offense with, with Urban Meyer at that point. You had a quarterback who had some level of running ability. Now, I think C.J. Stroud had more of a level of running ability than he showed. He showed it against Georgia, obviously, and it was really needed then. Wish he would have shown it more against Michigan, but, you know, to each their own. I think if you have a quarterback like Devin Brown that starts, you're going to see this run game take off even more because Devin Brown has that running ability, that dual threat ability. Kyle McCord, not so much. Kyle McCord is going to be a runner similar to C.J. Stroud, maybe a little more similar to Dwayne Haskins. Not a statue in the pocket by any means, but not a running quarterback. And Devin Brown is a guy that if he's the starter, and I think he's got a really great chance to do so, it's going to really help the run game. So not saying the run game is on life support, not saying the run game needs to be totally just, you know, taken apart and picked apart and retooled together because there is an element of injuries. There is an element of, you know, who did you play, but there's gotta be more consistency in when you call certain schemes, who you call it against understanding who you're playing against and understanding the personnel you have. And I think that the Buckeyes kind of got to get a lock on it, whether it's Brian Hartline or Ryan day calling plays next season, whoever it is, I think they got to get a lock on that. I tend to believe they will. I tend to believe they're going to look at the Georgia game and go, okay, this does not make us a pass happy team, but what it does make us is better coaches to understand who we are, who we're playing against, and how can we exploit them and use it to our advantage. So that's my thoughts on it. Let me know in the comments what you think. Make sure you go subscribe to the Takeover Sports Network on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at DonnieMac98. Follow the show at Big Ten Takeover and the network at Takeover Pods. And like I mentioned before, if you prefer to listen to this, go in the description. It's for all of our videos. You can find the Spotify or Apple Podcast link in there to listen um, on your favorite podcasting platform. And of course, we are partnered with Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You can use the promo code Takeover for 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You can pick two to five players and overrun in their projections from up to 10 times on any entry. If you got easy to use mobile app both in the App Store and Google Play, entries made 60 seconds or less. So again, go to Price Picks, whether it's you download on your, the app on your phone or go to the website, use the promo code TAKEOVER so we sent you so that they know we sent you and get that 100% instant deposit match up to $100. For the network and for the show, I am Donovan White, and I will see you all next time.